just want to give you a few pieces of information. This morning, we're excited. We're excited for what God is doing here in Pittsburgh, in Fort Scott, uh, in, in our campuses. Uh, there's some cool things happening. Um, I, I know just to give you a quick update, even on the Elizabeth Deckard project, there's been a lot of progress. We've started clearing up land, and we'll do a before and after photograph here. God's doing some cool things. One of the things that, uh, just share a win, even with the project, um, I wanted to wait till the offering was taken to share this, but um, this in the last two weeks, uh, if you were here last week, second service, I kind of announced it, first service, I don't know how I forgot this, but... Um, there was somebody that stepped up and said, hey, guess what? With the house, we want to take care of all of the HVAC, a person that attends our church. So all of the HVAC unit and all the dock work has been covered for and paid for by this individual. Can we praise God for that? It is so awesome. That's just one, and we will share many other things that God has already started to do, and we're excited to see God's hand. Another area that we're excited about this morning, this Monday in Fort Scott, the uh, basketball coach for uh, Fort Scott Community College contacted Pastor Justin. They've been in conversation and had met a few times. He's like, hey, guess what? Our team, we would love to come hang out with you. And they're like, great. We'll, we'll, we'll have, because they were planning on providing them a meal after service. So like, great. We'll, we'll provide the meal. We'll, we'll have everything ready for He's like, no, no, we're going to actually come to service, all of the football, uh, basketball players. We're going to be a part of service, and then we're going to hang out uh, for lunch this afternoon. So this morning at 10 o'clock, the uh, Fort Scott Community College basketball team is going to be hanging out at our campus. Uh, they're going to be a part of service, and then the, t uh, the church has decided to uh, bless them with a meal. And so I'm just asking that uh, you guys would just pray today that God will stir hearts, that God will speak to some of those students. We're excited just for what God is doing here in Pittsburgh and in Fort Scott. Can we give God glory for that? Isn't that so cool? Also, next uh, Sunday, if I have that graphic, uh, tech, uh, tech team, if you can help me out, our kids, uh, kids team, uh, Pastor Jalen has a special event planned out, parents, uh, PJs and pancakes. So you guys are going to walk into service. It's going to smell like pancakes. It's going to be really hard for me to preach because it's going to be smelling like pancakes over there. But parents, if you have kids in our flag, kids ministry, Pastor Jalen wants you to know we'll be serving them breakfast. It's a fun way. We're going to do some fun and celebrate Christmas. And so uh, come prepared. They can come in PJs. No, you can't. Uh, but you really want to know you can't uh, <laughs> hey you can come in pjs too how's that but we'll have pjs for the kids and pancakes it's going to be fun we hope uh, that you let bring your kids bring some friends invite some kids to come be a part of this fun activity we can have fun at church you know that Yes, we can have fun in the presence of God. Can we not? Isn't it awesome? So we get to do that. So we hope you'll bring some kids uh, with you that can come be a part of that. Also, just to let you know about our Christmas services, many have been asking. So December 24th, Christmas Eve, falls on a Sunday. And so here's what we have planned. Sunday morning, the 24th, we will have one service. Everyone say one service. There we go. You guys are good at 10 o'clock. So that'll be our regular Christmas Eve morning service at 10 o'clock, one service. That evening, we're going to do a very special candlelight service at 5 p.m. 
you do not want to miss this opportunity to come be a part of our Christmas candlelight service. We'll have an opportunity for you to take communion as a family. Um, this will be a, a dress-up and come kind of a service. We'll have a lot of Christmas carols. We'll read the Christmas story. It's going to be an amazing, amazing evening. I've been told there's going to be hot chocolate and cookies afterwards. So there you go. Uh, it'll be from 5 to 6.15. Uh, you can come, be a part of service, and then go uh, do Christmas Eve. So we hope that you would uh, consider that. So two services, Sunday morning, one service at 10 o'clock, Sunday evening, 5 o'clock candlelight service. Be good? Okay, you guys know now. You know what I know. So there we go. We're excited for Christmas. Well, last week we started our Christmas series, A Christmas Blessing. And uh, we talked about how uh, a light has dawned and how we are living in a world of darkness, and, but there is a light that has dawned, and this light brings with him a, a, a hope. He brings joy. He brings peace. Uh, he is th this baby that was born, and that has the title, how he is called a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. And uh, this week, we are going to be talking, uh, or the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking the titles given to this light that was dawn, this child that was born, the son that was given to you and me. Pastor Shelby talked about how uh, this child came for you. He came for you and me. He stepped into this world uh, as a human being so that he can be in relationship, so that he can restore our relationship, so that he can bring us joy, he can bring us peace, he can bring us healing, he can bring us restoration. The list goes on and on and on. And this is the blessing of Christmas. It is not just for December 25th and then the Christmas tree goes away and the lights go away and the Christmas blessing goes away. It's the beginning of a beautiful journey with Jesus for the rest of our lives. And we get to choose if we want that or if we want to let it die on December 25th. So we're unpacking the Christmas blessing. When I came to Pittsburgh in 95, um, I came in and it was, um, it was a, a culture shock getting to know the culture. And I came from Sri Lanka, a long ways from here. It was the middle of winter too. But uh, a year in, <laughs> yeah, the middle of winter, uh, that's when we had snow up to here when you stepped out of the front porch. I don't know what happened to all that snow. But uh, it, was, it was fun. And then I met a new community of uh, rugby players that kind of took me under their wings and <laughs> introduced me to the world. Um, but... Uh, part of playing, playing rugby is that uh, you have injuries that happen. And I remember this one game. I was in Springfield, Missouri. We were playing this team, and uh, uh, I had two injuries that happened that game. <laughs> uh, I was playing, and uh, one, uh, one play, I hyperextended my finger really bad, and uh, I kept on playing. And then uh, 10 minutes later, I was running with the ball, got tackled. I got up, and I felt this pain in my finger. I looked down, and it looked really weird because it was sticking sideways. And the guys walked around, they're like, oh, you got to go to the hospital, bro. I'm like, okay, I get it, I see it. So I dislocated my finger, so I, they took me to the hospital. The guy's like, do you want shots, or do you want me to put you under, or do you want me to just do it? I was like, uh, what's going to be the least pain? Put you under. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Okay, let's do shots. And he, and he fixed my finger. 
but what happened was is there was this other finger that had that had kind of taken uh, uh, some hurt and pain. It had hyperextended. I, I just ignored it. They said, you should go to the doctors. You should take care of it. And I just ignored it. I'm like, well, I took care of the one that was most important. It was dislocated, so, it, and it looked good. But if you know something about my finger, uh, this is what happened to my finger. Kind of looks weird. It's scary. My daughter likes to put it on the table and bang on it. doesn't do anything. So... The point of that is that there was some hurt that happened there. There were some, there were some uh, things that needed to be resolved by going to the doctors, but I ignored it, and after a while, I ended up with a finger that looked pretty scary. And, and, and some people don't like seeing it. And that's kind of our, like our lives. There are things that happen in our lives that cause hurt, that cause pain, but we as humans tend to ignore the pain and the hurt that is in our lives, and we continue to live along thinking, oh, it'll be fine, it'll go away. And one day we wake up and we realize, man, I'm in a really bad spot. I'm in a really bad spot. And my, and my life doesn't look very attractive. And there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain that I didn't realize was kind of living under the surface. And it has started to kind of take over my life. What if I was to tell you that today, that this Christmas could look different? That this Christmas you could receive gifts that are free, <laughs> that don't cost you anything. You don't have to put it on a credit card. You don't have to go shopping and you don't have to buy for it. It is totally free. That can have eternal impact. Eternal impact. That this gift can heal ignored or hidden hurts and wounds that are in our life. We looked at this passage, and we'll stay in this passage for the next two weeks. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 and 3, the people walking in darkness, the people walking in darkness, the people walking in darkness. Is that something that maybe resonates with you this morning? Maybe you don't even know that you're walking in darkness, and you're walking in darkness. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nations and increased their joy. <laughs> they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This morning, I want us to focus on that title given to uh, the, uh, the child that was born, the light that, was, that has dawned, a wonderful counselor, a wonderful counselor, a counselor 
someone who is trained to listen to people and give them advice about their problems. See, currently we live in a world where mental health is a major challenge. Mental health is a challenge in every age category that we see, starting from kids all the way up to adults. A challenge of dealing with a a mental state of mind, finding a healthy state of mind to operate out of. There's this constant uh, struggle with anxiety and worry and depression and, and, and the fears of the unknown. COVID hasn't helped our mental state. Isolation, being in lonely spaces and, and trying to navigate through the difficulties of life by ourselves. See, hardship in life are unavoidable and we could uh, all use support when times get tough, someone that can shed some light uh, in our dark spaces that are, are kind of tearing us up. According to Brene Brown, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they are never a weakness. Now, the world may say differently. Regardless of whether you are dealing with depression, with anxiety, with relationship issues, maybe self-esteem, or simply need some direction in life, counseling can help. And you and I have the wonderful counselor who is given freely to us on our side. And he's here, and he wants to meet with you. So I want to look at the human condition. The human condition, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. The human condition is a broken condition. It's a broken condition. There's hardships. There's difficulty, uh, difficult life situations that come our way. There's stress. There is worry, anxiety and depression, loss and hurt. These are real struggles, real conditions that we struggle with. And I think sometimes being in a church, we think, oh man, because I go to a church, because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I shouldn't have these things. And if I have them, maybe something's wrong, so I shouldn't talk about it. Right? Wrong. (laughs) Because God wants to meet you where you are. We're all broken people. We can hide, we can deny, we can ignore, we can push away, we can put on this fake smile. Wear the mask and not address the real state of mind. We become experts at this. Does it go away? I remember this one time. uh, My wife went grocery shopping and uh, she had got some gallons of milk. And I don't know how or what happened, but one gallon of milk kind of emptied out in the trunk of our Minivan. Exactly. Some of like, ooh. So uh, we cleaned it up. We cleaned it up really good. It happened in the winter months. And then summer hit. What's that smell? Man, what is that smell? 
it is stinky. What is that smell? And we kept looking for the smell. Oh, the kids must have put something under the seat, right? It's always the kids' fault, right? Amen, he says. Cowboys fan. Um, You guys going to win today? Okay, we'll see. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so after a while, we pulled out the shop vac and we went to work and we tried to extract all the milk. Still didn't go away. Took a while. That milk that was hiding in that carpet was causing some nasty odors. Kind of like what's hiding in our souls. There are things that are hiding from the past, things that we haven't addressed, things from our childhood, things that have happened to us that we let sit. And every so often, when the heat hits, starts to kind of surface. doesn't look good. doesn't make us feel good. doesn't smell right. For some, us, for some of us, we can hide behind the season of Christmas. The temporary happiness, the, the, the gifts, buying up the gifts, the lights, the, the hanging out with friends, the food, the excitement that comes with the season, and we can just kind of camouflage the pain and just walk through that season. Kind of like what we did for Breeze. <laughs> Didn't go away. Still there. The Febreze was good for a while. The Febreze weighs away, and then here comes that smell. For some of us, Christmas becomes a magnifying glass. The real state of mind. It reminds us of the real pain, the loss, the hurt. It sometimes pushes us deeper into that dark space. What happened? What happened? How did we get here? It's the sin. (laughs) The sin that happened. The sin that started in the garden. That has stayed along. Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned. All of us. All of us. There's no exceptions. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. All have fallen short. But there is hope this morning. Isaiah is saying, The people are walking in darkness, are living in the land of deep darkness, have seen a great light. They have seen a great light. There is darkness. The darkness is real. The pain is real, but there is hope. There is hope. So this great light is that child that we talked about last week. The child that was born. The son that was given. The son that was given freely to you and me. Because God saw our situation. God saw our brokenness. God saw our hurt. God saw what was happening in the insides of our lives. God saw the chaos that was brewing inside. He saw, the, he saw what we were dealing with and he said, Hey, guess what? I'm sending you my child. I'm giving you my son. And his name is a wonderful counselor. A wonderful counselor that came as a baby into this world just for you and me. 
He came for you and me. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows where you are today. He knows what you're thinking of right now. He came into this world for you and for me. He came to meet with us. He came to live with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to take residence inside of our lives. And we'll see that here in a few minutes where He is with us in every moment, every season of our life if we choose to want to have Him and let Him. So how, how do I access this wonderful counselor? How do I give Him my space, my life? How do I come into a a communion with this wonderful counselor? To us, a son is given. There is no credit card needed. There is no purchase needed. It is given freely. We have access to the wonderful counselor. He is given to you and me. He is here today. He wants to meet with you today. He sees your situation today. He is our wonderful counselor. So how do we access him? Before I dive into that, I want to give you some context here. And I want to talk about the promise. We sang about the promise, the promise of of a Messiah. But I want to give you the context here in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 and 20 uh, through 20. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise, those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Okay? And so what does God do? So God has given both His promise and His oath. He gave us His promise and His oath. These are two things that are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. So what is this promise all about? What is this passage talking about? It goes all the way back to Abraham. God comes to Abraham and He says, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. And so God comes to Abraham and says, guess what? I'm going to use you and you, you are, I'm going to bless, uh, through your lineage, I'm going to bless a nation. And, and he looks to Abraham and he says, guess what? I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham and Sarah, his wife, hadn't had a son. They weren't able to get pregnant. And at the age of 70, God shows up and he says, I'm going to bless you with a son. And Abraham's like, really, God? I mean, come on, I'm 70 years old. And Sarah is laughing in the back of, uh, in, in the tent that she was at. And, but God blesses them with a son. So he gives them this son and this promise that he's going to use this son to, to bless this nation. And then God shows up and he says, hey, guess what, Abraham? I want you to take your son. Now, in the Old Testament, we see the sacrificial process where you take a a, a lamb to be sacrificed for your sins. And God says, I want you to take your son and and sacrifice him at the altar. I know that seems kind of extreme, right? What does Abraham do? Abraham is obedient. And, And he continues with what God asks him. And as he's making his way up to the altar, his son looks to his dad and goes, Dad, where is, where is the sacrificial lamb? And, and Abraham's like, hey, God will provide. And he gets to the altar and he puts his son on the altar and he's getting ready to sacrifice his son. And God says, wait, wait. And he provides him with a lamb. And here's what God tells Abraham. And he says, 
And he said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, Abraham was willing to give up his only son, and I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the, and the sand of the seas, the seashores. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of, of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. You'll be blessed. The blessing that he's talking about through the lineage of Abraham comes who? Jesus. The blessing. We see that Abraham was willing to give his son, but God told him, hold on. I'm going to give you my son instead. And he gave his son who went, who was born as a baby that went to the cross and died for you and me. And there's a cool thing that happens because Jesus died on the cross. You and I have access into his presence. Because Jesus died on the cross, you and I have access into the presence of the Father. And how does that impact our lives? The passage goes on. Uh, it said uh, uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 6, where it says it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, therefore, we who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. You and I, we can flee into the presence of God with great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. That hope, the light of the world that entered this world as a baby. <laughs> this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Is that something you need this morning? A strong and trustworthy anchor for your soul? And you know what else? It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. What does that mean? In the Old Testament, I've shared this before, the Holy of Holies was separated by a curtain and only the high priest could step into the Holy of Holies, right? But what happened when Jesus died on the cross for you and me? That curtain was ripped from top to bottom and the Holy of Holies was exposed and we were given what? Free access into the beautiful presence of God where there is refuge, where we have great confidence, where we find our hope. The light of the world gave us access into that inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He's seated on the right hand of the Father, interceding on behalf of you and me. You and I have access into the presence of God. You have access right now into the presence of God. All it takes is a purified heart. All it takes is a surrendered life. All it takes is you submitting and saying, God, would you cleanse me? Would you purify me? Can I enter into your holy of holies where I can sit in your presence, where there is peace that passes all understanding, where there is joy, where there is an anchor for my soul? <laughs> in the presence of God. 
He has purchased it. The child has purchased it when he arrived into this world as a baby, a son that was given for you and me. He was given so that he can go to the cross, so that he can die for you and me, so that our sins can be forgiven, so that we can step in confidence into the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords where there is safety, where there is healing, where there is comfort, where there is strength, where there is hope. Hope is so key for us to have a healthy mindset. Hope. There is refuge, confidence, trustworthy anchor for our souls. Psalms 16, verse 10 says, For you, the psalmist is saying, For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. He's talking about how the Father will not let Jesus be in the grave, but He will bring Him up on the third day. But He's also talking about how He will not leave His soul among the dead. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, He will raise us to be with Him. You will show me the way to life. Grant me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Philippians 4, verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's a beautiful place when we step into the presence of God. Second, to access this wonderful counselor by being in his word. Psalms 119, verse 5 says, 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. God's word has the principles that will help us avoid and set us free from many spiritual pitfalls and, and trouble that is brought on by wrong decisions and choices. The ones that can hurt us, that cause hurt, that cause pain in our lives. Because we make these decisions, we make these choices without the direction of God's Word. But God's Word is a light and a lamp for our path to know what we should do and how we should walk. Psalms 19 verse 7 and 8 says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. <laughs> the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. I want you to think of your state that you're in right now and ask yourself, man, what do I need in my life right now? The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. The message puts it this way, a little clearer and easier to understand. The revelation of God is whole and, and pulls our lives together pulls our lives together. Does it feel like we're kind of out there all by ourselves? The signposts of God are clear and points out the right road to take. The life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. Access to the wonderful counselor through his presence and through his word. And lastly, access to the wonderful counselor through uh, the partnership with the Holy Spirit. The partnership with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verses 16 and 18. Here's what's happening. Jesus is with the disciples and he's getting ready to leave to go to be with his father. And the disciples are like, 
panicking. They're like, what? You're leaving? I mean, come on. You were with us. How are we going to figure this thing out? We're alone. We're, what are we going to do? How are we going to manage this, right? And here's what Jesus tells them. And he says, I will ask the Father... I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. To help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him or knows Him. But here's the cool part. As followers of Jesus Christ, as people that are in obedience to God's word, the people that enter into his presence, the people that spend time in his word, it says, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I, I hope you can hear this. He will be in you. The wonderful counselor will be in you. You don't have to go somewhere. He's in you. You can access him at any time. He's free. I will not leave you as orphans. <laughs> I will come to you. I will come to you through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come and He'll take residence in your life and He will direct you. He'll be your counselor. He will help you. He will teach you. He will direct you. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit another counselor. Just as Jesus has himself was to his disciples. The Greek word for counselor is parakletos, which means the one called alongside to help. Would you like that in your life? Someone that is walking alongside of you? All you have to do is hold his hand and he helps you and he teaches you in the ways of life. And he walks you out of the messy brokenness that you're in that brings healing and restoration. See, this Greek word is a rich word. It refers to a wide range of spiritual roles that the Holy Spirit plays. He's a counselor. He's a strengthener. He strengthens you when you're weak. He comforts you. He comforts you. Who needs that this morning? Who needs the comfort of the Holy Spirit in that inner space, in your soul, where your soul feels like it does not have an anchor to hold on to, where there is no hope this morning, where you've lost all hope and you're struggling to make ends meet? He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our helper. He's our advisor. He's our advocate. And he's our friend. The Holy Spirit is a personal being who will be by our sides to help guide and, guide and strengthen, to teach and reveal truth, to comfort in difficult situations, to help intercede through prayer, and to be a friend. To be a friend. Unfortunately, <laughs> we tend to avoid meeting with him, with this wonderful counselor, or missing out on the gifts of the wonderful counselor. Christmas, Advent, 
is the long-anticipated arrival of a child is a gentle reminder for you and me that we are unable to do this by ourselves, that we are weak in our own strengths, and we need the wonderful counselor in our lives. We need him. Christmas is a reminder that the light of the world came for you and me with many gifts. He came with many gifts. The heavenly gifts that lead to hope and life. Peace and joy. He wants to be your wonderful counselor. And he wants to give it to you freely. It is available. The wonderful counselor wants to meet you where you are this morning. He wants to meet you in your brokenness. He wants to meet you in your hurt. He wants to meet you in your pain. He wants to meet you where you are. All it requires is you giving up control. Giving up control. Control trying to fix your own life. Control trying to be in charge of your own, own, own destiny. Man, how many times do we want to meddle with the business of God and we try to tell God what we need and how badly we need it and we need it today and we, we go about it the wrong way and it never ends well. It ends with more hurt and pain. But he's saying, man, will you give up control? Would you trust me? Would you let me walk alongside of you? Would you look inside? Would you hold my hand? Would you let me bring healing and restoration? I began this message with this statement that this Christmas could look different. It could look different for each and every one of you. This, this Christmas, could you could receive the gifts that this light, this child, the son that is given to us brings that can have eternal impact. Or we can ignore these gifts and continue to live in hiding where there's a lot of hurt and pain. This morning you may be broken. You may, need, you may want healing. He does not want to waste your wounds. He wants to use them to make you better. He wants to heal you. He never lets you down. You are not forgotten. You are not forsaken. Never abandoned. Always safe in His hands. He will never let you down. He is the wonderful counselor. And He wants to meet you this morning. He wants to heal you so that you can be healing to those that are in the same situation that you're in. This past week, I had a conversation with someone that has gone through a lot of hurt and pain. But I, I felt this, and I shared this with this person, and it, it resonated with them, and I think it's for you as well this morning, but your pain is real. Your pain is what you've experienced because maybe of the choice that you made or maybe of a choice that someone else made on your behalf and you had no control. But God wants to meet you where you are this Christmas. He wants to take that pain. He wants to heal that pain and he wants to give you a way to heal others' pain. We have a choice. 
We can continue to live with this pain or we can continue to find freedom this Christmas. This Christmas doesn't have to end December 25th. It can be the beginning of a beautiful story that he's trying to write. But you've got to let go. You've got to let in. So if you'd stand with me at this time, I want to give you the opportunity to respond. I respond not to me, not to me, but to the wonderful counselor, to that child that showed up that Christmas morn, that baby that was given to you, the son that was given to you. Respond to him. So across this room, with every eye closed and every head bowed, give you an opportunity just to process for the next few seconds what we've talked and what we've shared. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just speak to people right now. That you would prompt their hearts. That you would reveal spaces that need healing. The layers that have been pushed down, maybe even forgotten, but are still causing hurt and pain. Holy Spirit, I pray that this Christmas will be a Christmas that they will remember the, for the rest of their lives because they met with you, the wonderful counselor. If you're in this room with every eye closed and every head bowed this morning, I want you to respond to the wonderful counselor. If you are in, if, if what I shared this morning resonates with you and there are areas, of, areas in your life that have caused pain or is causing pain or you know you need to come to the council, I want you to just lift your hand and you're just saying, Jesus, that's me. Here I am. I just want you to raise your hand right now. Yes, yes. Raise your hand to the wonderful counselor. Yes. Others. You're like, that's me. Raising your hand to the King of Kings, not to me, but to the Lord of Lords. And he sees your hand. Yes. Anyone else? You're like, man, I need the wonderful counseling in my life. Yes, you guys can put your hands now. Anyone else? I want to give you an opportunity. Yes, yes. Anyone else? You're responding to the wonderful counselor. He is the one that's going to meet you. He's the one that's going to bring you healing. He's the one that's going to set you free. He's the one that's going to restore you. He's the one that's going to give you eternal joy and peace. He's the one that can comfort you. Anyone else? You want the wonderful counsel in your life? Just raise your hand, slide it up, and you can put it back. Thank you. I see that. Yes. Anyone else? Mm. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Let's pray. Father, Savior, and wonderful counselor, we run to you for refuge. We find our great confidence as we hold to your hope that lies before us. A hope that is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. We thank you, wonderful counselor, for granting us access into your inner sanctuary. Help us to walk into that space and to sit and to meet with you a place where we experience your peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Your peace that guards our hearts and minds as you live in us, Christ Jesus. This morning, we willingly come to you, O Lord, 
to receive your perfect instructions that, revi- that revives our soul. Your commandments that bring joy to our hearts and gives insight for living. So Lord Jesus, this morning, I pray that you would bless your people, that you would turn your face on them and that you would smile upon them, that this morning you would lift up your countenance and that you will grant them your peace. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people,